This week, I happened to check Twitter in the middle of the week. I'm not a daily Twitter user. Um, I know there are probably some people in this room that are. Uh, but when I do look on Twitter, I, I never know what I'm going to find. Often I find something that will give me some information. Sometimes it'll make me laugh, sometimes make me angry. But this week, and it happened to be on Wednesday, for the first time in my life, Twitter actually made me cry. So, of course, Wednesday is the, it was the anniversary of 18 years after September 11th. I thought about reading to you the thing that I read, but I decided I don't want to cry this early, in the sermon at least. Um, what it was was a person had forwarded a message, and, and the first thing they said was, it's been exactly 18 years, let us never forget. And then the message that was forwarded was actually a, I believe, a text message that was sent by somebody on one of the airplanes who was writing to his beloved. And he was saying, it doesn't look good. I may not see you again. I love you. He said a little more than that. And a friend of mine who was a priest in New York City at that time a church called St. Bartholomew's in Manhattan. His name is Bill Tully. Um, I heard him speak about the many messages that were given, calls that were made, text messages, and other kinds of communications, and people have actually looked through them, and one particular word, one phrase, in fact, stands out, and way beyond any other phrase that was used that day, there's one phrase that was used the most, and it was, I love you. Throughout the city, here and in New York and across the country, people were expressing to their beloved their true love for each other. And as Bill Tully describes it, and as I experienced it in the weeks and the months after, I was living near New York and I was able to go into that city at that time. Um, his words were that the city melted into love. Something happened. It seems to me the difference that was made was all of a sudden people could appreciate the preciousness of life and the preciousness of one another and even strangers. My wife, who was living in New York at the time, we hadn't met yet, uh, she used to travel uh, by train every morning underneath the Twin Towers on her way to work. Um, but when she was living there at that time after the events, she said the word melting is a good word because it was like the division between people, people that you would encounter but you maybe wouldn't really acknowledge or even look at. All of a sudden, all the invisible barriers melted away and people realized the importance of being connected, of being caring, of expressing that caring and the people who responded, the rescue workers and so many others, responded instinctually. They responded without even having to give a thought. They leapt into action to serve, to help, and many, especially on the day, risking their lives to do so. And so the words of that tweet are good words. Let's not forget. Let's never forget that. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes that we hear about in the beginning of the gospel lesson this morning, 
It's very easy to point fingers at the Pharisees and scribes of how they didn't get it, how they were stuck in their ways and very judgmental and close-minded. And yet, I think we we need to be honest and fair, too, to remember that they were doing what they thought was right in all that they did. And I believe those people probably knew love. They probably did know love, but like so many of us, their love had become selective. That's what we often do as humans. We are gifted with loving, but somehow, tragically, we let our love become selective for those groups with whom we feel comfortable and not the outsiders. And Jesus is hanging out with the people who are very much the outsiders, the ones you're not supposed to love, let alone share even a meal with. And when he responds to them, he doesn't argue, he just tells some stories. In fact, actually, the words that we heard in the scripture today always make me smile. They're meant as an insult, but they become a good theological teaching. The words, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. And you know, there's a church that is in San Francisco that I used to go to, and they built a wooden altar Uh, not too many years ago, and they decided on their wooden altar that that scripture passage would be perfect. They carved it in the wood in both Greek and English. This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them, us. Well, Jesus tells these three stories. He first tells the story of a man who loses one sheep out of a hundred, and he searches out for the one sheep and finds it, carries it back and rejoices. And the other story is of a woman, if she were to lose one coin out of 10 silver coins and turns her house upside down, finds the coin, and then invites her neighbors to celebrate with her. And then the third story we didn't hear in the gospel today, but it's the next story that he tells, and it's a very famous teaching, nothing less than the prodigal son. The man who loses his son and his son comes back and he meets the son out on the road partway and then throws a big party. All three of these have the same pattern. Something's lost, it's returned and found, and then rejoice, celebration. Interestingly, I have learned, unfortunately, that shepherds, if you lose one sheep and you've got a hundred, you don't leave the 99 alone, but it's still a great story, even so. It raises an interesting question, doesn't it, that the value of that sheep that had been lost, you know, Jesus' words are that in heaven there will be more rejoicing over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And Doesn't that make you wonder, does that mean that that one person or that one sheep in that case is suddenly more valuable than the other 99? But of course, that's not the case. It's the same sheep. All the sheep are just sheep. They're the same. What changed with the one that was lost is the value of the sheep became revealed. And it's a sad thing, but it's a real thing for many of us that we have to lose things in order to know their value. What if we could remember value without needing to go through the losing? It's another aspect of this story, too, where 
Jesus says, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous who need no repentance. Well, that word repent comes up. A word that's less popular these days uh, to be talked about, preached about. And yet, it's a crucial word. And it's a good word. You know, the word repent only means return. That's what it means, to return. And to speak of returning is, is different from turning. There's an assumption there. If you're returning, it means you have known the path. You've known the goodness. And you're returning to what you have known. Return to it. As opposed to a different message, which has actually been preached many times from many pulpits, which is turn, as in turn from your nature to something else, something better. Jesus is actually not saying turn from who you are, but turn back to who you are. Like those many people 18 years ago, they need, didn't need to think it was instinctual to be who they were, which is people of service, people of love, people who could risk their lives. Nobody thought about that before they did it. They just did it. They returned to it right there in the moment. Repent. Return. We've been using a final blessing here at St. John since I've been here. It begins with, life is short. And I'll tell you the story on how that blessing came to me. And I've been using it for years and years. Um, Bill Tully, my friend, the former rector of St. Bart's that I told you about, that week when September 11th happened on a Tuesday, somebody handed that blessing to him. And they said, you may want to use this sometime. And so he put it into the liturgy to close the service that very first Sunday. In incidentally, it is written by a Swiss philosopher and poet named Henri Frederick Amiel, whose own life was short. He lived only from 1821 to 1881. And they used that blessing at St. Bart's that first Sunday and then the next Sunday and the next because they learned that that is a good reminder for us to remember always. And so it is true. Life is short, and we do not have too much time. So let us today remember to always return to love. Amen.